Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hospitality MD Podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, welcome. We are so glad to have you. And if you're one of our regular listeners, thank you so much for your continued support. So today's episode is going to be a must listen for anybody in the hotel and hospitality industry. David Bignano is our guest today. He is the segment producer for No Vacancy Live, a live show featuring Anthony Malcuri and Glenn Hausman. He also produces his own podcast called Be My Guest. On today's show, we'll be discussing his experience moving up in hospitality, the stigmatization behind select service uh, properties and their employees when they try to make that transition to full service or big box hotels, and he and I's perspective on what you can do and what you need to know if you're looking to make that transition yourself. We also talk about the nuances of service why five-star service to one person may be one-star service to another. Tune in to hear more. Thank you so much for listening to Hospitality MD, and I'll catch up with you at the end of the show. Before we get started, please be sure to leave us a review if you are listening in on Apple Podcasts. That goes a long way to ensuring that our message gets shared with as many hospitalitarians as possible. With that being said, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. David, welcome to Hospitality MD. Thank you so much for being on the show. Well, Kyle, thanks for having me. Really appreciate it. It's my absolute pleasure. Now, for everybody tuning in, I want to give a little context for um, how David and I met, and um, I think it highlights the the a little bit of what we've been talking about more recently on Hospitality MD. Is I've talked a lot about these Facebook groups with with hotel professionals. There's several of them that are out there. And I think, and again, I've said it before, but if you're not a member of these groups and you are in the hospitality industry, you're actually making a mistake Mm. by by not joining, in my opinion, at least, because uh, you can gain valuable insight and and keep your finger on the pulse of what's going on in the hotel industry in in areas, markets, segments, um, types of properties that you're not familiar with. And I'm sure for you, David, as is for me, like you're from a, a an urban area in New Jersey, right? As I'm from Chicago, so to to know what a um, shuttle driver in you know Bella Vista, Arkansas, is doing today is something that I've never had the opportunity to experience up until now. So I definitely see the value in them, uh, and that's actually how how you and I met. Uh, yep. So I was actually looking for some doing some research about um, people who have hired hotel consultants to try and get some, you know, kind of market insights for hospitality MD. And David was nice enough to show me some hospitality and reach out 
Uh, and since then, we've been connected on LinkedIn, and I, I found out that he actually is producing podcasts for Anthony Malkiri and Glenn Hausman with No Vacancy Live, which is a podcast that I frequent. Uh, so it was it was kind of cool. I felt like I knew him before. I uh, I always heard the name. Glenn would be like, oh, David, can you pull that up? Or David, pull him out of the show or, or something like that. And I'm like, okay. So then it was it was nice to put a face to the name. Uh, so uh, so with that being said, again, we're, we're glad to have you on the show. I'm glad um, to be here and I really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, man. So let's start. I try and ask every guest this, and sometimes I forget if I don't ask it right away because uh, we get so into the conversation. But do you remember the first moment that you felt hospitality, whether that was in the industry or as a child, you experienced it or something? Dig deep if you can remember. Yes, and I would I would say that I didn't know it at the time. So when I was younger, uh, I played a lot of sports, especially baseball. And we, we had a traveling team that would go to different states along the East Coast. And we would stay in hotels a lot. And I loved those trips. I loved being in hotels. I loved just being in that space. And I couldn't even put a finger on why. It was just I loved it. And I wouldn't say that I knew at that moment that I was going to love to be in hospitality for a business, for a profession, because I, I didn't. I wanted to be in broadcast journalism. But when things weren't working out and I got into hospitality more out of necessity, I really instantly fell in love because when I would walk into a hotel, it snapped me right back to that feeling of when I was a child in the corridors, in the rooms. It's really just this pristine, special environment that should be getting delivered to every guest. It snapped me back into that. And I was kind of like, wow, I didn't even realize how much I loved it when I was a kid, but I love it. Now, and I get that same youth feeling just every time I walk in the door, whether it be a small, you know, small hotel or this big luxury box in Manhattan, it's the same feeling for me. I got chills, uh, David. I got chills, <laughs> actually. And it's a very, I, I share a very similar sentiment myself, um, you know, having grown up with my mom being a flight attendant and, and traveling to hotels and and there's a magical, intangible, romantic feeling that you get when you walk inside. Even if it's a, you know, a, a La Quinta Inn and Suites in the middle of nowhere, it's still a hotel. And that's that's all that matters. And it, it seems like you you certainly share that sentiment. Now, it's it's funny because you you got this feeling, right? But you it was something that was kind of fleeting. Maybe you never really, like you're, you said, you never put your finger on what it was you never explored that thought it kind of just existed and then it it passed and you grew up um and and played baseball and and you went to school for broadcast journalism um and when was it that you were reunited with the hotel and when you were again was it instantaneous that that memory being brought back to the front of your mind and that feeling coming back again I got back into hotels out of desperation. Just call it what it is. <laughs> you know, I got I got graduated uh, from school in 2010, so right out of the back of the 08 market. And uh, due to certain circumstances, you know, I couldn't really go to some of the more the entry level markets for radio and TV that probably would have had to go through. And I was never going to get a job straight out of school in Manhattan at that time because the 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 economy was so bad as it is radios and television stations were were contracted similar kind of to we're seeing to a degree now but um i was working at a job in manhattan that i hated 
and it was just a, a place I didn't want to be. And I had to get out and I had a family member say, Hey, and he, he worked in hotels, uh, give hotels a shot. So, uh, one of the advice pieces of advice I was given was just get in any way you can. So I got in as a part-time night audit and I'll be honest, even going in for the interviews, again, it goes back to that walking through the door. It's just something that clicks. I can't, I really can't even explain it, but it's just like, this is fresh. I love being here. I love being in a hotel for whatever reason. And yeah, I honestly could say, because again, part-time night audit, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and I'm, I'm in a small 126-room hotel. I'm seeing maybe four or five people a night. You know, It's a long shift because you're just really not doing much. And just being there kind of, again, brought me back to that feeling of this is awesome. I really enjoy this. And as I kind of progressed through my career um, and, and moved to the, to the PM shift and continued to move up, it just kind of grew and grew and grew. Uh, but it never lost that feeling. It was really from the first day I walked in from the interview to even now, it's just, it's like, this feels home. This feels comfortable. And I mean, I, I, I get, it. I think with the sentiment, it's if you know, you know, right. Yeah. Like for, for anybody who's listening, who, who is thinking to themselves, what the hell are these guys talking about right now? And I know there's people out there listening who are like, oh yeah, absolutely. 100%. And it's, yeah. it's something that can, can, it's tough to explain for sure, but that's, that's beautiful, man, that, that you found your way uh, back to a certain extent. And, and a lot of times um, I actually recently read a book by David Brooks called second mountain. Um, and one of the things he describes in second mountain is the enunciation moment, as he calls it, where, and it's the, he describes it as typically something happens to you as a child and you don't even really register or recognize it, but it enunciates in that moment that that's if, unless you uh, are doing that thing down the line, you'll eventually be uh, resentful or unhappy or, or something. And that's what it is. There's that one moment of, certainly this is his opinion. I don't know if it's actually based in any science, but I, I, believe that. And it's, and it stuck with me. And I don't want to take anything away from your, your love and passion for broadcast journalism, uh, because I think you and I relate a little bit as music and uh, playing instruments was, was actually, I think that uh, analogous kind of uh, passion that I had along the way, but, but hospitality was a thing that kind of overcame all of that. And it's great now because you get to combine your love for broadcast journalism yeah. more recently and your love for hospitality now. And I, and I do want to talk to you about your show um, moving forward, but so you started out at, at a Candlewood, right? So a select service. Um, Actually product, it's an ex- right? extended stay. So okay. that's, that's their, that's their lower tier extended stay product between Candlewood and Staybridge. Gotcha. Okay. So that was your first uh, kind of, dipping your feet into actually behind the scenes working in hotels and uh smaller property i'm sure was a suburban area as well mm-hmm. um yeah. but and, and for a lot of people you know i think you know they would have said oh well if i'm not in a luxury hotel if i'm not you know at the at a big box if i'm not in manhattan i'm not going to enjoy it because mm-hmm. you know it's i need more action whatever um but even seeing four or five guests a night 
was there was there something about the interactions or was it the paperwork that you liked? What what kept you in it? What was the hook within the job of being a part-time night auditor that kept you on? <laughs> well, you know, yeah, part-time night auditor for any job is certainly not easy. Doesn't um, seem very glamorous to me, my friend. <laughs> you know, it isn't it isn't in its own way. Um, what I would say is this is as I developed this or redeveloped, I would say the passion for hotels. And let me, let me step back for a second. You know, Kyle and I are talking about this passion for hotels and you kind of know it when you know it. And I walk in and I'm like, yes, I'm in a hotel. It does not mean that it's all floating on clouds just because we're in the building. I mean, the industry is very hard and there are a lot of days that are just filled with, you can guess the word I'm going to put it there, you know, and sometimes there's days where you have to really push through, but it's that feeling, it's that underlying feeling that I think gets at least people like myself there. Back to your question just now, you know, pushing through the night audit, it was really the desire to learn and grow. And it was the desire to get out <laughs> of the part-time night audit, you know. Um, but I learned a lot in that position. Night audit, I think everybody coming to the industry should work night audit because I learned how to, you know, check off the books and and close the accounts and, and start to really develop this better understanding of the overall operation than just checking somebody in, checking somebody out. I'd also say, yeah, listen, is working at the Candlewood Suites in Nanuet, New York, as glamorous as working at the Plaza Hotel in Manhattan? No. I mean, the Plaza is the Plaza. I get it. I have always said, and I'll say it to the day that I die, that working at that Candlewood was the best start to my career I could have gotten. Because when you work in a smaller property like that, especially as an entry level, you are exposed to so many more things, so many different departments than you would normally in a bigger box hotel. When you're in a big full service hotel, you're very compartmentalized, right? There are so many people there to do their role. So front desk does front desk, housekeeping does housekeeping, accounting does accounting, sales does sales, revenue does revenue. But when I was in the Cantawood, especially when I got to the operations manager role, I'm break. I'm breaking out the boards. I'm doing the taxes and the AP and AR. I'm working with our revenue manager on on strategies. Uh, I'm helping our sales director um, reach out to clients and making sure that their clients are being taken care of in the property. So I was exposed from GM responsibilities to front desk responsibilities all on the same day. So I really got a crash course. Granted, not as a big of a box, but I got a crash course in the basics of every department. And I was responsible for touching every department. So if you're someone who really wants to get in the industry, I would absolutely say spend some time in a smaller type of hotel, select serve or extended stay, because you're going to touch so many departments and you're going to get a base knowledge of how all those roles work versus being compartmentalized into a specific role. Right. And and then you can start talking about, you know, specialized roles and then you add in the union uh, situation when you're a lot of these these urban uh, big box branded properties and and then your role is even more um, specialized stringent etc yeah, yeah um, so with with that in mind I I'm sure you've probably heard this throughout your career maybe you're even guilty of yourself I know I have been uh, and, and whether it's rightfully or wrongfully so, I'd like to talk to you about it. But that is the stigmatization of uh, select service uh, and and kind of lower tier economy brand 
hotel workers who are attempting to make that transition into a full service um, or, or larger box environment. Are, are you familiar with that? Have you experienced it? Have you heard it? Are you guilty of it? What's your perception on that? Uh, I've hundred percent heard it, you know, um, listen, I mean, the fact of the matter is you're not going to go from 126 room Candlewood to a, to the Marriott Marquis, which has 1800, 1800 rooms in a similar position. The way I would break that or talk about that is it is a different animal. It just, it truly is a full service. Like the marquee is a different animal than the Candlewood suites. And honestly, if I had somehow gotten the role of op- from operations manager at the Candlewood suites to say, hotel manager, even director of say front office at the marquee, I would have been swallowed up. Yeah. Right. I would have been. So there is some validity, some validity there where I would say is you have to look at your current role and say a smaller select service and try to correlate that to where it is in the big box. Right. So if you're, again, if you're a head of, so let's say you're a GM of a small select service, say 120 room select service in a rural, a rural or a suburban area, you will not get a GM job at a big box in the city, but could you get a hotel manager job? Maybe. Could you get a director level position of a department? Most likely. So you have to be open to take that step back or that two steps back to spring yourself forward. If that's what you want to do. Um, I, in my example, I went from the Candlewood suites at one at 126 rooms to the courtyard or the Crown Plaza Newark Airport, which is 258, I think it was, to the Marriott Newark Airport, which is 591. And I kind of stepped my way up. So that was from, uh, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but just so everybody can follow along. So that was from operations manager at 124 room extended stay uh, economy brand to what position then? Sorry, sorry, to uh, head of front office at the Crown Plaza to... Uh, front office manager at the Marriott Newark airport. So actually in, in theory, I took a step back each move. I took a step back from number two in command at the Candlewood to just to run in the front office of the crown Plaza. I took a step back from the crown Plaza to the Marriott Newark airport because I was now the assistant front office manager. There was a uh, front office manager above me, but each of those steps, I learned a lot. And if I had gone from the Candlewood suites to the Marriott Newark airport, I would have been eaten alive. Absolutely. And, and I would, I I love your advice to everybody and I would probably even maybe even take that a step further. And I don't want to discourage anybody, but if you're the general manager of, of let's say, you know, a a Staybridge suites or a La Quinta or a Candlewood or a Comfort Inn suites or something like that. uh, And you want to go to one of the big boxes or, or one of the, the higher end properties, I think, be prepared to be a front desk supervisor, be prepared to even maybe be a front desk agent in some cases, because I think a lot of the concern that comes with, um, with, with bringing people and, and the stigmatization I think is derived from a, a, I guess the consensus that there's a concern over, will you be able to handle the volume? Number one, that's what is the number two, what bad habits may you have developed uh, at at these properties or bad habits you could, you know, depending on who you ask, that may be a hindrance in the level of service um, or the operation standards that are required 
to be at, at some of these bigger properties. Um, now, I will say, though, I think for some of the people that have made the transition who I've spoken to, most people actually find themselves, you know, and I guess it's always different, but a lot of the people who made that transition have not regretted it despite taking the step back. Go ahead, David. I know you had a sentiment you wanted to share. I was just going to say to part to kind of the part you're saying, the, the quote unquote bad habits, use that time in the smaller box to develop those good skills, right? Because you're right, 100%. I think a lot of that stigmatization comes from the volume, but hospitality is hospitality. Quality customer service skills are quality customer service skills. And just because you're in a small property, just because you're in a more rural area does not mean you should not be giving that five-star service. And if you're developing those five-star service skills at the smaller properties, they're very easy to transition to the bigger properties, especially as you're dealing with that volume, because it's not as one interaction per hour. It may be one, maybe 10 interactions per minute, which I've had experiences in at the, at the airport properties. And, and that's a, a beautifully articulated point. Uh, and I think it can be kind of broken down across multiple spectrums. Like hospitality is hospitality. And I think, again, it's one of those things, if you know, you know, hospitality is hospitality, no matter what. And that could apply to the person from the Staybridge who wants to go to, you know, the, the three-star uh, middle of the, the pack full service hotel, or it could apply from that, you know, person who's at the three-star or four-star who wants to make that transition to four seasons or wants to make that transition to luxury because there's another set of stigmas in, in, in their positions that if you haven't worked in a Forbes five-star and AAA five-diamond property, then you're then you're not qualified. And granted, that's not always the case, um, but it's certainly something that's been, you know, discussed uh, in, in terms of, of that. But if you you know, hospitality is about making people feel welcome and safe and, and make them feel good. So yeah. in theory, it shouldn't matter where, wh- how you do that or in what setting you do that because it, the hospitality would be transcendental. Yeah. I mean, right now, listen, again, if you're at a smaller property and again, if you have less volume, this is the time to really hone those skills because you can take the, the extra moment to to work with that guest or to develop that relationship with that guest. I mean, Again, I look back at the Marriott Newark Airport where we're dropping sometimes 500 arrivals a day and 300 of those arrivals are probably coming within the hours of four to seven. So we're, we're doing a lot of volume and it becomes a little more difficult to give that great customer service per se when you're pumping out things like this. But if, you're, if you've worked on figuring out how to do that prior, right, and, and developing those skills, then... Um, it just becomes like second nature. So use that time. Don't say, oh, I'm sitting here in a rural area. I'm just going to quote unquote half asset. No, no. This mm-hmm. is the time to, to really step up your game and develop all of those skills. So what would be like a, an actionable takeaway that you might recommend for somebody right now who's maybe somebody's listening to this right now who's on their night audit shift board, right? And they're at that select service or that economy brand hotel. And they've been, you know, toiling with the fact that I want to, I want to do something. I want to elevate. What would you say? Do you have any advice for that person? I would say, listen, if you're every interaction you have, whether it's someone asking for towels, whether it's someone checking in or checking out, whether it's someone just looking for a wake up call, give the service that you would expect from that yourself to get. Think about how you would want to be treated when you're going to a hotel. 
I would say even give that service times two, mm-hmm. you know, take it a step above that. But let's just say you're not seeing anybody. A lot of these, especially if you're on work for a branded hotel, a lot of these branded hotels have these online training courses, e-learning, you know, Merit has Merlin. Um, I'm sorry, IHG has Merlin. Um, but there's these different e-learning courses. Take those courses, right? If you have an idea of where you want to go, start taking those courses. Um, if you don't have a clue where you want to go in the industry, which I think many people do when or feel when they first get in, take several courses. Take a housekeeping course. Take a front desk course. Take a revenue management course. Take a sales course. Use this time to continue to develop yourself and your and your professional skills, and then every interaction. Use that to develop your interpersonal skills again by just thinking, how would I want this to? How would I want to be treated? And then enhance on top of that. Without a doubt, without a doubt, great advice in terms of the because most people are going to be at a branded hotel and they're going to have access to some type of uh, brand support learning. And I think it's you know people always say, especially like for people who are entering college for the first time or, or even in high school, what classes do I take? What's my major going to be? And what's the advice that you always get? Well, why don't you take a, an engineering uh, intro to engineering and a, and a science course and this and a that, and then maybe you'll find something that you like. And I think if you know that like, yeah, I like hotels, right? Hotels are cool. I, I feel it, but I, I just don't feel quite comfortable. I don't feel like I've settled into my, my groove. I'm not where I want to be sample. I love your, 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 your point there sample. Um, I would also maybe add um, if you're at a non-union property and and you have the opportunity to, to cross train, ask, utilize the people to your right and to the left of you. Also, if you're listening to this podcast right now, you are already doing something that a lot of people aren't doing to uh, supplement their learning hear from different perspectives because it's a beautiful thing that I in Chicago can be talking to to David in uh, New Jersey right now, and we can be sharing our mutual experiences and and friendship over the subject of hospitality, which I think is hugely important. So it's you know there's and there's different means of of content for different facets of the industry, whereas Hospitality MD and David's show, Be My Guest, are very much focused on the personal stories are focused on uh, people's, you know, enunciation moments and how they, you know, started and and how they've grown. No vacancy, for example, is very much focused on, on the technical. They'll have VPs from companies talking about trends and industry relations and things of that nature. There's always something out there for you to consume in terms of content or learning that can help you. Um, now with, with that being said, uh, David, why don't you, you take us through your, your career a little bit more. I want to find out more about what you learned kind of going from, uh, let's start from the crown to the, the airport property. You, you took a step back from there. What was the big, uh, shock for you when you got to that big box, high volume airport property? You just said it right there at the volume. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Again, we would have sometimes double the arrivals of the entire capacity of the Crown Plaza, mm-hmm. you know, and we're 591 in terms of rooms. We're 30, I think it's like 30 some odd thousand square feet of banquet space. Don't quote me on that. I've, I don't remember the exact number, but we're also a hotel that was running, I think for the year, like 93% occupancy. And we were turning, wow. over, we were turning over like 
86, 87% of the house each day. And then again, we're, we're, we're right on the airport property. So we're the only hotel that's on the airport property. And sorry, if you guys hear my two-year-old screaming in the background, this is that's the perils of a okay. That's the perils of the home life, but <laughs> <laughs> that's but, awesome. But, um, you know, not only are we getting high occupancies, we're also getting people that are traveling through Newark that are high level within their, their field. So we're not, we're not getting the, usually the random leisure traveler because our rates are like three, $400 a night. We're getting CEOs on expense accounts. We're getting a little more affluent family leisure travelers. We're getting celebrities. We're getting a lot of pr- pretty much anybody from the, uh, the higher level of the, I don't know how you say it, but the higher financial level that can afford to stay with us is staying with us because of our convenience. So the expectations are up there. I mean, they're mm-hmm. up there. You know, people aren't going to come in for a six hour stay paying $400 a night for that six hours and expect not expect quality service. And that was probably the difficult, the most difficult thing I had originally was transitioning what we just talked about that high quality service in that really rapid environment. And how do you, how do you give a five-star service to everybody where you're just, you're just getting overwhelmed. You're getting crushed by people. And I think the thing that I learned the most from there is really being able to quickly read each interaction. And this is something that I started to train my team on once I got better at this is if someone comes in, if a, front, if a person comes in and he, ha- he has his ID and his credit card out and he hands them to you before he even says his name, you can probably bet this is a business traveler who's either been here many times or at least travels a lot and um, just wants to get his key and go. He's not really interested in, in banter and full conversation. And right behind him, you may have a family of four come in that want to discuss where we are. We're going to New York City tomorrow. What can we do? How can we get there? Really excited. Let's make it exciting for them. Like, hey, welcome to Manhattan. You know, we're not in Manhattan, but we're a 20-minute train ride away. So being able to diversify and identify those different interaction points was, I think, the biggest thing that I learned from there in that rapid environment. That's a, a really interesting and valuable point. Uh, the Park Hyatt, the brand, they have their saying, which is luxury is personal. So like the five-star service that were that you mentioned at the beginning on paper is when that guy just hands you his credit card and ID and you just, you know, kind of just as quickly and efficiently as possible with the bare minimum, uh, you know, pizzazz if you will mm-hmm. uh, give him his transactional interaction that's five-star service for that guy I, absolutely I people sometimes struggle with with like there's no you're, you're, you don't take have to take anything away from that interaction because it was actually what the guest wanted and i'm gonna i'm gonna go a little one step further if you gave the stereotypical five-star service to that guest it would have been a one-star for him mm-hmm. would, so I, and i've seen it I've seen it. That review will come back with a one. Even though the guest, I was, even though the agent, the front desk person gave this great, warm, welcoming welcome, that person, that individual had no interest in that. So you have to be able to read the, 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 the situation and 
to your point, five-star service takes many, many forms. I think that's where I have seen as of you where very talented people have been caught up with that because mm-hmm. they just are unable to pivot or they can't seem to comprehend how, <laughs> how it may just not be uh, appealing to somebody. I actually, I'm, I'm interested. I think you and Greg, actually the, um, you know, my co-host have a very similar experience. Greg worked at the Hilton O'Hare airport, mm-hmm. which is on the tarmac, 860 rooms. Um, and I, I can only imagine, uh, would be experiencing very similar volumes. And one thing that he always goes back to when we talk about his experience there is you also have a lot of people who just don't want to be at the hotel yep. at all. So many people, how do you manage that part of it? I think it comes back to just understanding their needs and trying to anticipate their needs. I mean, Greg, I'm sure you can give several examples uh, of when you've come in at two o'clock and you've been at 60% and by seven o'clock you're at 105 because six flights got canceled. And listen, traveling is not easy, right? We are typically either the first destination for them getting ready to go into quote unquote battle at the airport or they just came out of that struggle and they're staying with us and moods typically are not great, especially from kind of the hardened traveler. So again, it's anticipating those needs. Um, if a guest comes in, let's just say he's a guest comes in and says, um, Here, here's my credit card and my ID. Um, what time does your restaurant close? Well, I could easily just start checking him in and say it closes at 10 and just keep doing my spiel. Or I can say, hey, it closes at 10. What time do you anticipate coming down? Because it can get busy there. Let me make sure that I get you a seat. Or, um, you know, we have some, just make some, maybe some light recommendations. All this while you're doing your work, right? You're not stopping the conversation. You're not stopping what you're doing. You're still working fast and still getting them out on time. But it's just approaching that and enhancing that conversation a little more. And that may step them up a little bit more. Yeah, without a doubt. And, 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 instead of burying yourself into the computer screen, which I think a lot of people are, you know, it's, it's, and it's tough, right. To be able to have that ID and you're collecting registration information and you're trying to collect payment at complete an accurate transaction with a large sum of money. There's a lot of concentration that goes into doing that. Uh, And the tough part is also being able to not make it seem like you're ignoring anybody regardless of of how they may be feeling or, or what level of service or interaction that they might be kind of desiring at the moment. What, what I would say really is a big deal if you can, and not every hotel can do this, but if you can get out from behind the desk that, you know, again, people, especially people that travel a lot, it becomes a very transactional approach and that desk becomes a barrier. It's like that invisible wall, your side, my side. And this was, a, this was not my idea. So I can't take credit, but I've seen it work when implemented properly where we would have our front desk agents. If there was nobody, if they weren't checking anybody in, they were in the lobby. They weren't behind the desk waiting for someone. They were out in the lobby, actively engaging in people that were walking in, walking out. Guests walks in with their luggage. We're all there waiting and you would get, it would, it would almost like shock them a little bit. And they'd be like, Whoa, didn't expect this. This is awesome. And then you're walking them to the desk and you're saying, Hey, how is your flight? And, and it's almost kind of breaks that mold already. And, and I've it, seen where that's that, that, that interaction changes like that. It's like, um, it gives the impression of like, 
oh, we've been expecting you. Yeah, exactly. why don't you follow me? Let's just go. Ch- we'll just go check you in real quick. Like, not just follow me. Come on, let's go to the desk. We're gonna walk there together. We're instead of you know, me as the clerk behind the desk being that obstacle that you have to overcome in order to get what you want, whether that's transactional or whether that's, you know, traditionally classified five-star services, we're on the same side. Let's go, whatever you want, we'll figure it out. Let's just walk over to the desk and do it. And that is beautiful. That is hospitality right there. That's not customer service. That's certainly uh, a level of sophisticated hospitality. And what did you change? You didn't change much. You're standing this part of the lobby or that part of the lobby. So the job description didn't get any harder. You don't have to provide anything additional of just where you stand. And it makes that much of a difference. And again, I've seen it. Right. Instead of um, maybe instead of scrolling on social media during your downtime, you can get out behind the desk and go into the lobby. Um, Do you miss being in a hotel every day? I know when you, you, you departed most recently when you were in a revenue management position. Yeah. Um, but you were still at the hotel, right? You were, were you? I was still at- on property, yeah. Mm-hmm. And how is that for you? I do miss it. I do miss it. I miss a lot of the hustle and bustle. Uh, I miss the interactions with guests. You know, the again, not every guest has been easy, of course. But I've been able to develop a lot of nice relationships with with people um, that either they repeat guests or one off guests, and. Uh, I, I did drive a lot of my fulfillment out of being able to make their stay that much better, you know, as corny as that may sound. Um, so, so I do miss the interactions with, with my team. I do miss the interactions with, um, with guests. Um, I definitely miss that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of people are feeling that as am I, for sure. I miss, yeah. especially when we, if we want to take it a little bit full circle and go back to that enunciation moment, when you walk through the door and you feel at home, there's just some indescribable, inexplicable feeling of walking into a hotel. I mean, it's it's been a couple months, right? Since you've probably been able to feel that and, and I'm sure you miss it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, we've traveled here and there, um, you know, far and few between but and it's great to be back there but it's it's it sucks to see the state of each hotel you know it's just to see the emptiness there's usually a lot more liveliness i think that's one thing that really draws me to is that liveliness and and that's missing unfortunately right now It, it in in most places i think there are some places doing it right um you know uh but I think a widespread, right. As a generalized statement, I think, yeah, there's, it's definitely uh, depressing to say the least when you walk into the lobby, a lot of hotels nowadays. Now, would it be safe to say that you, cause you just started be my guest, right? This is uh, you have released at this point in time on December 11th, four episodes, right? Four episodes. Yep. Well, first of all, on behalf of hospitality MD, congratulations I love what you're doing, man. Like I said, I think you're a natural at interviewing people and just, and, and it's really a a great like apex and that cross intersection between broadcast journalism and communications that you have been passionate about as well as hospitality. Um, And it's, and it's great to see you putting yourself out there like that. Would you say that this has been an opportunity for you to kind of maybe fill that void? Because you had mentioned when I said, what do you miss about hotels? You said, well, it's just the interactions. I miss talking to the team. I miss talking to the guests. Has this been a um, a, a um, remedy for that for you at all? In a way. 
in a way for sure i mean you know a lot of the 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 inspiration for for be my guest came from working with anthony angle on no vacancy it came from seeing Hospitality MD and seeing a lot of the cool stuff that you guys were doing that really combined both of the passions that I did have. And that's why I got involved with Glenn in the first place back in the end of 18, was seeing him combine that those two loves of mine. As far as being my guest, a large part of, the, of it was driven, yeah, interacting for myself, but also trying to continue to help heal the industry. And a lot of the stuff that we're going through is hospitality. People can feel very isolating. You feel very alone because you think you're the only one, you know, you know, you're not the only one going through it, but your individual story, it can feel potentially very isolating. And what I'm trying to do is get inside the minds of people in the industry that are dealing with a lot of the same things at the surface level and drilling down underneath so that someone that's hears it may say, Oh man, they feel the same way I do. That makes a lot of sense. And then, oh, wow, that's how they're handling it. Maybe I can try that. That makes a lot of sense too. And it's really just trying to build off of that sense of community that that you have started and that Glenn and Anthony have started and, and, and those Facebook groups have started. You know, you're talking about those groups at the top of the show. Uh, the hospitality family group, the the one that's 58,000 or whatever it is now, mm-hmm. people strong. I mean, the sense of camaraderie in that group is is like no other. And you know, I, I've spoken several times to Sarissa, who's one of the founders of that company about, or that, that group about how this whole thing started. And it was really kind of like hospitality and journalists on a whim. Um, and it's grown into this really unique space for hospitality people. And that's where, I, you know, Be My Guest became, I guess, like I said, an inspiration as I'm trying to create a similar story or a similar platform, but in a virtual or, or, or a video or audio space so that people can be spoken to not directly, but it's, it's much more interpersonal when you're seeing someone speaking to their true stories that you can't get out in a one post or two posts. Right. And, and I can honestly say, and for anybody listening to hospitality MD right now, who has not heard of, or has not checked out, be my guest. I can honestly say that in me consuming, be my guest, I found myself, emoting. I found myself physically smiling, chuckling, laughing, feeling like a third uh, a person in the conversation, um, which is a, a testament to to you already having achieved what you set out to do, in my opinion, uh, which is to unite the, the industry. Because there's one thing for somebody to be able to post something or you know, it, what, what you're seeing a lot right now is, you know, I, I finally started my job at a nursing home after being mm-hmm. furloughed or laid off for, for eight months or just got a call back hoping that this job interview goes through. That's great. And you get support from people in that. But when was the last time that um, that the doorman who got laid off uh, after working there for 30 years and that being the only job he's ever known, when was the last time somebody sat down with him and actually said, Hey, why don't you tell me your story? And why don't you, yeah. why don't you actually, let's get vulnerable. And let's actually talk about this. And you are going to use that to help others. Uh, and I think that's taking that intimacy and community to, uh, to heights that are, that are certainly needed, especially as we transcend the nine and now going into 10 month mark of this uh, crisis, I, I think is just, beyond important do you feel like you've already uh brought value to the community or how are you feeling right now after episode four 
feeling really good that it's that it's serving its purpose. Uh, I've gotten a lot of great feedback, and thank you for your kind words as well. But sure. um, I've gotten a lot of great feedback from people that I've never known, right? Never interacted before that have come across it from whatever reason. You know, the the connections on LinkedIn or Facebook and stuff. People have already told me that it's helped them a lot, and I think even better is that people want to come on and. Uh, yeah, episode four is, is the one that's been most recently posted, but I actually have 11 episodes already recorded mm-hmm. a good amount of them. And I have several more coming up next week, a good amount of them, people that have reached out to me through the hospitality family group that have seen the videos and said, Hey, I want to tell my story. And the reason that it works, the reason that the show has worked to the point that it has, it's nothing, it's really nothing to do with me. It's that every guest I've had to this point has really been open and honest and transparent with their story. They haven't held anything back or if they have held anything back, it hasn't been noticed. You know, they really are allowing themselves to be vulnerable in front of me technically, but in front of the audience. And I think that's what makes it work. So this is real. These are real people with real feelings and they're exposing those feelings to the world and in the common mindset of what you just said, the common goal of hoping that it helps somebody else relate to what their story is and help someone else to say, hey, I'm not alone. And that's what makes the show work. That's, it's, it, it's very little to do with me and pretty much everything to do with my guests have been that allowing to be vulnerable. And, and I will say, because um, the first thing, you know, that when we first met, you didn't have be my guest and, you know, and then to see that you had started it. Number one, I already was like, Oh, David's like a solid guy from what I can tell. Like I'm super happy for him. But then I actually read more and I realized that, um, you know, for you to, to say there's no barrier to entry. You don't have to be a C-suite executive. You don't have to be, um, you know, a, a, uh, a general manager, you don't have to be anybody. You can be a, what the entire world would consider to be a nobody. And you can still tell your story and you're still worth something. Your, your story is still helpful. Your story is still valid. And, um, I really resonated with that. Um, it aligns with hospitality MD, it aligns with myself. Um, and it, to me, you know, I just feel like if you keep doing that, um, you, you know, like if you don't lose sight of that, which I don't think you will, it's just, it's, it's going to just help so many people. So I, I just, I have to thank you for your contributions to ha- hospitality because it's so difficult for people to put themselves out there on a, on a, on a platform like that. And to be able to kind of just come out and say, Hey, I'm trying something new. I'm doing something different. Um, especially in the midst of all this uncertainty and it's, it's, yeah. uh, it, it's, a great feeling. So I, I do want to thank you on behalf of the hospitality community for your, your sincere contributions, truly. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. And hopefully uh, a lot more good work to come out of it. Absolutely, my friend. Um, so I guess uh, we're, we're pretty much at the end here. Um, I guess the last thing that, um, you know, that I want to ask you is if you have a, um, message or anything that you would want to share with, um, you know, with the hospitality community at, at scale and with the hospitality MD audience specifically, what, what would you want to say? 
kind of goes back to what we were talking about before is just use this time as an opportunity to reset, you know, especially in hotels. And this is something I talk about in my podcast a lot is we get caught up in the, the day-to-day because it is a lot of hours. It is a lot of hard work. And sometimes you can just days and kind of slip away. So using this time to reset, reestablish or re reevaluate where you are in your life, reevaluate where you are within the industry. And if you're not happy with it, this is a great time to make a change. If you're someone who has always worked in front desk or always worked in, in housekeeping, but you want to maybe move up to that generalized position of a general manager or an AGM, use this time to maybe take that step back at a different department. Go get some F&B experience. Uh, or if you're F&B, go get the front desk experience if you can. Go get the housekeeping experience if you can. But just do whatever you can to try and continue to grow through this. Watch uh, Hospitality MD. Definitely, definitely check out No Vacancy, uh, No Vacancy Lab with Anthony and Glenn, because as, as you said before, we're talking to so many great people, so many great minds in the industry. I learn, this is going to sound like a shameless plug, but I learn so much every day by just sitting behind the scenes and listening to the stories and the and what goes through the minds of all these C-level executives and what goes through the mind of Anthony and Glenn. I plan on taking a lot of that information back to work with me. You know, I've learned so much about fi- the financial side, loan structures, all these different things. Check that show out. There's so many opportunities for education, whether it be a certificate program. FAU has a great program. Cornell, obviously. Um, yes, I get finances are very tight. Check out the FAU program. I think it's very cheap right now because of a lot of donations. Um, just Google stuff. <laughs> Talk to people, get in those hospitality family groups and just right. talk to people, read their stories, read what they post, learn from them. There's the, 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 the access to knowledge is limitless right now. So as best as you can keep pushing yourself forward, keep trying to grow whatever it is you want to grow in. That would probably be the number one thing I want people to take away from everything going on right now. That's a great, great sentiment. And Real quick, I do want to. I do want to say. I think the episode you were referring to with no vacancy, I think it was somebody with C CBRE or something like that, and he was talking about what can. Um, I think his name was Donald or something. I it would have to double so check you're, on that. You're, but, thinking, you're thinking. You're thinking of Doctor Donald Wise, the Doctor Donald Wise episode where he absolutely. Uh, so I listened to that episode, and you know, and I heard him talking about you know mezzanine loans and all these things, and I was like. I, and I thought to myself, wow, like it took me longer than the episode to get through because during <laughs> the episode, I was actually pausing and going to like Google and saying, okay, yep. what is the mezzanine loan? What is, and it's actually, you can interact with these, this content deeper than just having it playing in the background as you're doing something like this can actually be something where you sit down with nothing, but your phone in your hand, you listen to it. Okay you know, again, like the mezzanine loan thing, which, you know, I'm like, okay, boom, boom, let me see what that is and and go from there. And actually that's that episode. I was like, wow, I know nothing about the asset management and real estate side. So I decided I I just signed up for the um, Cornell course, which covers Mm -hmm. that the certificate program. So yeah, there's definitely in whichever content you're consuming, Assuming whether it's be my guest, hospitality MD, Christine Trippy with the wise pineapple, the room love Christine. Love Christine. Yep. 
Yep. Love Christine. Shout you out know to what? Christine. She'll be, you got to get her on the show. Uh, and be well, we're, we're already on that. We're nice. ready. We're already uh, just getting the schedule figured out. But yeah, Christine is awesome. I mean, listen, consume all of it. Right. Try all of it. Listen, I'll be the first one to sit here and say, listen, be my guest may not be your cup of tea. So give it a shot. If it doesn't work out, that's fine. Go to Hospitality MD. Go to a vacancy. Go to Christine. Consume them all because you're going to get so many different perspectives from so many different places. It's only going to make you better. You know, it's only going to make you a more well-rounded person coming out of this. So consume all this content that's getting put out there from these really great people. It's only going to be for the betterment. And it's all free. You know, it's, it's all free. Right. There's, 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 there's nothing stopping. Right. At this point, there's, there's no, you really do have to take a little bit of a sense of a personal accountability because especially right now, as we talk about, you know, what's the state of the job market, we already know that it's so tough, but if you go in there and you say, yeah, I've been, you know, every day, Anthony and Glenn go live at, um, you know, at 11 AM or at noon and I go in and I, I check that out. And then I, afterward, I listened to Hospitality MD. And then on the weekends, I listened to Christine Trippy, And then I listened to Be My Guest. And you're doing all this stuff. People are going to say, you know what? You actually care. You're serious. It, it's a personal brand that you can achieve just by consuming content. Um, but I, I, we could definitely, you know, uh, certainly talk about this and, and, and I look forward to, to seeing more of what you do, looking forward to seeing your future interviews, but most importantly, for the hospitality MD audience who is thinking to themselves, wow, Be My Guest sounds great. I want to check that out too. Tell our listeners how they can find you, how they can uh, listen or watch Be My Guest. Um, and what if they want to share their story as well? How can they do that? Yeah, absolutely. So listen, like as uh, was said before, the show is open to anybody. I don't care what posi- where you work and I don't care if you're a front desk agent. I don't care if you're a CEO. I don't care if you work in restaurants, bars, cruises, carnivals, airlines, doesn't matter. It's open to anybody within hospitality, travel agencies. Um, easiest way probably is just to search me up on LinkedIn. So David Mignano, M-I-G-N-A-N-O. Connect with me there. I post them every Tuesday about 10 a.m. Uh, they are also on uh, Apple of podcasts, Google podcasts, Spotify, all the typical podcast places. Just search be my guest. There are several different be my guest episodes. In fact, I think an Apple podcast on be my guest one. Uh, so just check out be my guest one. But um, I would say the easiest way right now is just connect with me on LinkedIn. And uh, yeah, if you want to be a guest, absolutely reach out to me on LinkedIn, reach out to Kyle who can who connect you with me. I'm open to talking to anybody. Absolutely. Thank you. And for, for everybody listening, we will be including the links to David's LinkedIn. We'll be including the podcast and YouTube links in the show notes for today's episode. Um, and, and certainly for those who are struggling to put themselves out there, another thing actually on the topic of the job market, if you're furloughed, laid off, looking for a job to be able to say, yeah, I was a guest on Be My Guest podcast where I shared my story with the hospitality community. And and likewise with Hospitality MD, you know, we say it all the time, we don't have any barriers to entry either. So you're always welcome to, to wh- whoever you go to, whether it's both or one, you can contribute something and, 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 the opportunities is now to contribute. So uh, with that being said, again, David, I thank you for your contributions to hospitality. I thank you for being on Hospitality MD. Um, Truly uh, my pleasure to host you today. My pleasure to be on and thank you guys for being really one of the leaders that's paved the way for me, my guest. 
you know, when this whole thing started, there really weren't too many people out there doing this, you being one of them. And it's definitely been an inspiration for me to start being my guest. So thank you. That means a lot to hear that. Thank you all so much for listening to this week's episode of Hospitality MD. We hope you learned something and found value out of this show. If you did, please be sure to leave us a review if you're listening in on Apple Podcasts or to share this with your friends. We love your feedback, so please feel free to contact us directly at contact us at hospitality-md.com. Please be sure to check out our website at www.hospitality-md.com to learn more about Hospitality MD and the services we provide. Thank you so much for tuning in once again, and we look forward to welcoming you back to the most hospitable podcast. We'll see you again next time.